Follow poet, follow right to the bottom of the night. With your unconstraining voice, still persuade us to rejoice. With the farming of a verse, make a vineyard of the curse. Sing of human unsuccess in a rapture of distress. In the deserts of the heart, let the healing fountain start. In the prison of his days, teach the free man how to praise. The last three stanzas in memory of W.B. Yeats by W.H. Auden. Brian O'Neill served as writer-in-residence at the Madison State Hospital for 18 years. He also served on the editorial board of the Journal for Poetry Therapy and as the poetry editor of College English. His poetry has appeared in many journals, including the Yale Review, American Scholar, and Partisan Review. Welcome to The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus Dorsey. Brian, what poems have you brought for us today? After a long drought for Polymer, The rains came in late September, the earth soft and seamless again, the grass lifted out of its stark hibernation, blisters of clay broken by tight green knots. We had a cat, quick as a hummingbird's wing, quiet as moonshadow. He showed up half-grown, not quite feral, schooled to survive in the karst uplands around our home. He appeared one evening ghost-like, a silhouette against the dark woods. Hunger drove him to the bowl where I stood. In our small circle of light, he stretched balanced on his hind legs so that his head just reached my fingers, brushing to and fro, and then back to the bowl, over and over again, his dance between hunger and loneliness. Patrick named him Polymer. He was small for a fighter, a ten-pound tube of muscle who gave no quarter and ran off everything, cats, dogs, and even deer. He was not satisfied with a lap, but would crawl up your chest and insinuate his head under your chin where he was perfectly happy. He relished moths on summer nights and caught them in porch light in acrobatic leaps. I suspect it's what he lived on his early months. Now the last crickets measure out the October dark. Porch light lies quiet on the ground. Leaves roll across the yard unattended. We had a cat, quick as a hummingbird's wing, quiet as moonshadow. Sodbusters. Orr coasted through the bushes, never pedaling as he circled us, a steady click of his three-speed that stopped our game. It was Charles Carpenter again, fat, slow-footed Charles, who was going to get it, who rode two miles to play, though he never touched the ball or made a tackle, who would fall to his knees, his arms gathering the folds of his stomach as if he had already been hit, his eyes clamped so tight you couldn't see the lashes. We knew why cowboys cold fear cold. Carpenter shivered in short breaths. I made my break for Derringer's house, the good patrol boy from James Monroe, but Orr caught my ankle with one foot flipping me in the air. Pinning my arms, he rubbed his knuckles across the top of my head until I choked out exactly what he wanted me to say, over and over. I'm sorry, I won't run, won't tell. I'm on your side. He told us not to touch his bike while he took Carpenter to the willow, yanked down a switch, and beat him across the thighs. None of us dared to move. We were all yellow, waiting for the thing to be over. Just get on our bikes. 
go home, talk about the game. Nothing you said was going to stop Orr, even when he broke the skin or left a swelling on someone's face. So we waited like farmers or businessmen who were too educated to fight, ordinary people who stayed down when they were hit, sodbusters and Shane, hanging on until Alan Ladd gunned down Jack Palance, ready to move on if he lost. Carpenter took his time wiping off the smear of sweat and dirt until his cheeks were raw and faintly pink again. We were never his men until now, and only for this moment. So he surveyed the whole situation, his own steaming breath, the men just home from work raking leaves along the gutter until the street lights suddenly flared on, and he couldn't think of a damn thing to say, and neither could we. I rode home without daydreaming, what my father called cut down to size, empty enough to notice the exact shape of whatever I passed, the glowing leaf piles that would jump into flame with one good wind off the lake. You've been listening to the poems of Brian O'Neill on The Poet's Weave. I'm Romaine Rubinus-Dorsey.